I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and a co-host take turns introducing each other to films, and in this way we catch up on our cinema. Uh, So it is the month of October 2020, and uh, it is time for our monthly Tales from the Shelf episode. Um, which means, of course, uh, my good friend Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast is here to join me. Um, say hello to the folks at home, Brad. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. And Trevor, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, of course, Brad. Uh, what's going on with you and your show? Any any news that I should know about? Uh, nothing too much with news. Just trying to come up with any sort of 2020 release uh, that we could possibly review. So uh, releasing tomorrow, it probably be out by the time this is posted, but uh, releasing tomorrow, our review of Hubie Halloween with Adam Sandler, you do not want to miss out on. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely curious to hear what you guys thought of that. You might be surprised. I, you might be surprised. No, I think I will be uh, because um, I personally happen to be in like the mostly positive camp when it comes to adam sandler but i'll say that with the caveat being i probably haven't watched any of his recent output outside of uncut gems most of my memories of him are like uh little nicky and backwards yeah yeah. not much beyond that so i'm sure there's a whole glut of shit that i'm i'm just completely unaware of which you know has tainted most people's perception of the man but for me it's like he's mostly okay i don't have a problem with it (laughs) yeah i like the guy but i will say you uh you sold your stocks at the right time you got out while the getting's good but uh cash that shit out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i'm genuinely curious what you guys have to say that about that because um i i don't have netflix um but again like i i have a generally positive outlook on the guy so if i did I would check it out. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I might hate you. myself a little bit, but who knows? We'll we'll see what you guys have to say about it when when that episode drops. Yeah. Um. But Brad, uh, you had the task of coming up with the theme uh, for this month's Tales from the Shelf. Um. What what would what was the title that you you gave this month's episode? It's going to be the Steelbook Showdown. We're finally going to dip into our uh, steelbooks in our collection. Um. It was another thing where uh, when we were brainstorming ideas, I messaged you and I was like, have we done this yet? Because I feel like we've talked around it enough. But no, we have not actually committed a full episode to Steelbooks. So it's finally time. It's finally on time to uh, unleash the beast on these uh, these Steelbooks here. <laughs> it's time to solve the riddle of steel uh, for yeah. the Conan fans out there. <laughs> um, so uh, I think it's funny that you used the phrase uh, dip our toes into because as it so happens, my uh, steelbook pool is quite shallow. Um, however, um, when we were talking before we recorded, it sounded like you can back me up. Uh, so I figure we can do the usual back and forth format, uh, the show and tell style and whatnot. Um, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> um, but uh, it's mostly going to fall to you uh, to carry things going, you know, beyond my very small collection. Yeah. Um, so, you want to flip a coin, or uh, who's going to step up first here? Um, I guess I guess I'll go first since I've got more. First of all, do not be ashamed that you um have less than I do because uh, honestly, that's a good thing. I'm looking at this pile and I'm like, I wish I didn't have that in, on Steelbook. I wish I had to, that just regular. Um, <laughs> so no, it's it's definitely a good thing. You're in a good situation. But I, I guess before we go into our individual titles, we should just talk about the concept 
of a steel book because you know let's let's be honest here a steel book is the great what's the phrase the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was pe- getting people to think he didn't exist the greatest trick mm-hmm. that uh best buy ever pulled was getting people to buy their exclusive steel books again and again and again for ten dollars more than the regular blu-ray um i think it's it's a scam. It's a gimmick. I fell into it. I still have to live with that every day when I look at my collection. I see the scars of me spending 10 extra dollars on a steel book for no reason other than the packaging. It's just the packaging. That's all it is. It, like at least with a digi book, you're getting, you know, you know, a little booklet of content. A uh, steel book, I mean, you know, there's some steel books that maybe they have different transfers than the regular Blu-rays, but I would say the majority of steelbooks are just repackagings that uh, suckers fall for. And clearly, I'm more of a sucker than you because I got a huge pile of them over here. Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say it is the time to to get into steelbooks because um, <laughs> I get I guess we've been circling this like a pair of sharks <laughs> for the past several months because this this is clearly something that's been nagging at you for quite a while um yeah 10 10 extra dollars for an ounce of steel and many many ounces of just cheap garbage pot metal i'm sure Um, yeah because despite the name i'm sure they don't i'm sure like if a metallurgist was to examine one of these it'd be like oh that's not steel (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) i i think uh i think it was when because for a while there i think best buy was making them the same price it was just like you would go to Best Buy release date. I think this might have been when I was in college even. And it was just like I would like leave one of my classes early to go to Best Buy when it opened so I could get the steelbooks. Like, you know, it was it was an issue. Um, but that was back when they were the same price. And so I was just like, well, they're the same price. Of course I'm going to get the steelbook. It's a limited edition. There's that exclusivity there. And then they started raising the price. They started charging more for the steelbook. They got greedy. And I think I that was when I got out. I might have fallen for it a couple times. I was like, "Oh, this one's a little more expensive than the regular Blu-ray." Well, you know, it's okay. I'll I'll, I'll pop on this one. And then they started doing it every single time. And I said, "Nope, I'm out. It's not worth it." And uh, but there's still people that I think that still go for that. They still pay the extra amount for the steel book. I can think of uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. The 4K. It it was more than the regular 4K. The cover of the steel book looked just horrendous and uh it's still it i was in best buy the other day and they still had it on the shelf so they're not selling out of them anymore i guess but um yeah it's just uh it's all just a scam it's all just for it's all just for money regular blu-rays there there's an art form to them and steel books while there's artwork on the steel book their only purpose is money they're they're the they're the Mar- they're the marvel films of the blu-ray world they're only exist to make profit I uh, forget what the the quote from Antigone was, but I think it was like money, money is the heart, the root of all evil in men. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, steelbooks are are definitely not. I, I'm not sure if it's a scam, but it's definitely a business practice that favors the manufacturer and the distributor over the consumer quite a yeah. bit. Um, this you see this in like all arenas of of collectordom. 
this the the variant is the bane of all collectors' existence. Um, yep. The the notion of there being multiple ident- like nearly identical products, but with like minor variations, um, that depending on you know your compulsions or or your habits as a collector, you will you will shell out extra cash to buy, um, just because it's it's built into you. You just have those instincts, and you know the the people making these discs they certainly know that and. On their end, I'm sure producing the product is the cost is probably negligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like you said, they're they're still sitting on the shelves in many many places. But the ones that they do sell, ooh, I'm sure they make a tidy profit off of. Um, and they're they're banking, especially because of the way physical media is nowadays. They're they're banking on collect the collectors market to kind of support them. Um, you're seeing that more and more and more actually, where I collectors editions of films and things are getting more elaborate and the the number of products produced is fewer and fewer and uh, unfortunately it's it's something that's been a recurring theme and like almost every episode we've done together brad is just like physical media is on its way out in some ways and i guess this is how they stay afloat is they kind of circle the wagons and and get accustomed to the idea of well we're not going to sell as many as we used to but we need to make sure that the ones that we sell cost a fuck ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I like physical media. It's definitely on its way out, like in terms of the mainstream. But in terms of like the, the niche, the, the boutique labels that, you know, might charge more for a shittier movie, but pack it full of gorgeous uh, special features and a wonderful transfer. In some ways, it's more alive than ever. But uh, yes, I, absolutely. in the mainstream, yes, I, I do agree. Yeah. But no, I, I totally agree with you, though, Brad, because like like take like an arrow disc or something like you're you are assured that not only is it going to have like beautiful packaging, uh, the disc itself is going to be you know very high quality. Uh, the, the image quality the transfers are generally very, very good. Um, and if they're available, it'll be packed with special features. Um, but in the case of like a steelbook or something, like you said, usually it's a pre-existing disc, uh, sometimes of questionable quality, just put in a much more elaborate package. Um, and honestly, sometimes just from a straight up aesthetic standpoint, the covers just aren't as good, if you ask me. I would say more than half of the time, the steelbook covers look worse than the regular Blu-ray covers. There, I mean, some of them, there are some that look great, and I've got a couple examples where I'm like, that is a great looking steelbook, but a lot of them are just barf inducing and i got a few that i will show you on those (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm eager to see those but um before we get into sharing our movies though i guess we should we should talk a little bit about like generally why is it you think you you buy a a steelbook like you you said it's like at one point it was it was a, a trend that you were fully on board with and then they started hiking the price and you you backed away from do you do you have other discs that you picked up after the fact that, um, like, do you have any other reasons why you may have gotten them? Um, in terms of, like, the Steelbook specifically, or? Yeah, like, like after you came to the realization that's like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do think initially it was just that exclusivity of it. You know, the idea that, like, back when the Steelbooks, especially in terms of, like, the Best Buy Steelbooks, when they were you know, selling out on release day, you'd, you'd check blu-ray.com and people would be like, yeah, I went to my store half hour after they opened and all 15 copies were gone. Like there was a while there. I mean, maybe these stories were, I mean, it's on the internet, so who knows if they were true, but 
you know, there were times where I would go on release day and they'd already be out of the steelbooks. And I was, I pre-ordered my, uh, my Mad Max Fury Road steelbook. That's how much I was like, I got to make sure I get this. And it was a good looking steelbook. Still have not found it. Still don't know where it is. I, I do think it's at my friend's house and I think he's lying. I think he, I, I think he, I think he has it and maybe he doesn't realize it, but I think it's there. I'm gonna have to go to his. I, I'm gonna have to go to his place and like start digging through some stuff because I I really do think it's over there. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you get to a point where it's just like the exclusivity. Even though part of me does have a little bit of anxiety, where it's like, man, I, you know, I could have this and it could, I could be you know one of the few that get it. But at the end of the day, if if it's more expensive, if the packaging looks like garbage, and if there's no extra reason to go with the steelbook you just you can't justify it the exclusivity is not enough even though sometimes it does keep me up at night but it's just not enough for me to justify okay that's that's fair i'm sorry to interrogate you like up front (laughs) but mostly i just wanted to get out of the way because um when it comes to my end of things um literally all of my steelbook purchases have been incidental yeah, um, I it it was just like this is what they have, <laughs> um, and that's what I ended up getting. Um, so in my case, it's like I feel your pain, Brad. Um, but unfortunately, I I didn't follow your path. <laughs> like yeah. I I didn't I didn't start digging that ditch. <laughs> no, so thankful. I saw I saw the hole that was already dug, and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm gonna spare my back, man. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah, I, I just came over the hill and I saw this guy Brad digging a ditch and I was like, uh, I mean, there's damn, there's some really cool movies in there, but <laughs> no, no, stay away. <laughs> yeah, I was in the hole. I said, get out of here, go, go. <laughs> get out of here, save yourself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, you want to get started sharing some of these uh, steelbook tales from the shelf, Brad? Let's do it. Yeah. Now, some of these. I will say there were some overlap because we did an episode of like, uh, was it, I can't remember, what did we call it? Blu-ray blunders or something like that? Or <laughs> I, I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, so there there was some overlap. I will not be showing you again my Big Lebowski steelbook, but obviously that is the low point. I don't think it can go lower. I, although this one right here is pretty close. I got to be honest. <laughs> but um, So there might be a couple that I've shown you here before. I think most of them... I haven't, but um, yeah, let's just jump in. I've got two right here, and the reason I'm throwing these two together, partly, I guess, because they're both sci-fi movies, but more because they are both uh, my two 4K steelbooks, which, um, you know, let's let's get into it with 4K. With my Blu-ray collection, there's so many, there's so much variance in my Blu-rays. You know, you've got Steelbooks, regular Blu-rays, regular Blu-rays with slipcovers, without slipcovers. You got big collections, digibooks. Like, there's no way to keep the regular Blu-ray collection clean and aesthetic anymore. There's just no way. And I'm fine with that because then there'd be so many, like, great releases that I wouldn't be able to get because of that. But with 4K, you know, you can still, like, my 4K section is pretty clean looking. I try the, my hardest to make sure they all have slip covers, even going so far as to probably pay a little bit extra rather than wait for Black Friday because I don't want to miss out on a slip cover. Um, but I did, unfortunately, early on in the 4K collecting, buy two steelbooks. Uh, so they stand out as a, a bit of an eyesore in the collection. Uh, the first one is Alien Covenant, which uh, we've talked about before. Um, now I, I have not 
rewatched this since theaters. So there you go. There's already $25 or whatever down the drain. But um, I don't know. This cover, I, I think you've actually seen the movie more than I have. This, like, little alien embryo thing, does that play at all into the plot of the film? Um, what's kind of strange, <clears throat> um, and no, the first thing that's jumping out at me is that, wow, uh, both the standard release and the steelbook both kind of have shit covers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the standard release has a horrendous cover. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it is, it's just like a still taken from one of the scenes from the climax of the movie. Um, there's no imagination. There's no, like, there's no art put into it. It's literally just a still with some credits and a title put on yep. it. Um, but that, I think, is meant to represent um, when the uh, the xenomorph first appears in the film after it pops out, of, spoiler alert, um, pops out of uh, Billy Crudup's chest. Um, it, it does the thing where it stands up and it does the praise the sun from Dark mm. Souls mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at a evil Michael Fassbender. I think that's what that is. Um, which was kind of strange, being as it's supposed to be like the first of its kind. It's supposed to be like the first xenomorph, I guess. Um, and yet, when it emerges, um, you know, from its pupa stage or whatever, uh, it doesn't look anything like the one from the original Alien, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. kind of wormy and had no legs. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that's supposed to be. Okay, all right, I'll get, I'll give it some credit then. Although I gotta say, the back cover I actually think looks pretty cool. I, I like that's, the back cover. That's solid. Yeah, that, that's solid. Um, I, I wish it was a little more goopy. Um, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like my aliens like drooly, um, mm-hmm. but that just the you know the, the kind of like hidden in the shadows alien yeah. face. That's fine. That that's a fine cover. It's not great, but it's good enough. Yeah, I think I think that might have been the reason why I chose this because I do think out of the two covers, I gave this one the edge. Even though I really am not crazy about this cover either, but I agree that the the regular four K looks pretty pretty weak. Um, so, you know, in terms of the front cover, I mean, yeah, maybe the steelbook has the edge, but now I've got this sitting in my collection, um, and it doesn't go with any of my 4Ks, and I'm not quite at the the level to just, like, throw my 4K collection to the to the birds. I can still, I still got that aesthetic down in my collection, um, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I gotta rewatch that film. It's, it's, I haven't seen it since theaters, so it's been a while. I've, I mean, I've talked about it countless times on our show, but uh, it, I've softened on it in recent years. Uh, first time I watched it, I kind of hated it, yeah. straight up. Um, but it has a couple of outstanding sequences, and uh, rest assured, uh, the the image fidelity on the disc is mm, it's pretty handsome. It is a Beautiful. Ridley Scott disc, so you know they they generally try when it comes yeah. to his movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other steelbook in my 4K collection, which has. A ter- I hate I hate this cover. I mean, you know, there's there's some artistry to it. I will give it that. Like, you know, it's not just like an image slapped on a steel book, but I just hate the aesthetic of it. I hate I absolutely hate it. I think the only reason I bought this is because they did not have the regular 4K at Best Buy, and I don't know why I didn't just buy online or wait. But it is the Fifth Element, and it's the with the project pop art sort of comic booky looking cover which i absolutely hate um and uh yeah i don't i mean the movie i i'm not the biggest fan of the movie i i do like it i think i honestly think i've only seen it one time but um 
Yeah, it's really it's just this cover is a total eyesore mixed with the fact that it's one of the only uh, 4K steelbooks that I own. It's a uh, it's a big uh, it's a big miss. It's two strikes you're out on this one. <laughs> um, I'll I'll uh, I'll agree with you wholeheartedly. That is that is some nasty cover art. Yeah, um, it's bad. It's also, like the the choice of of scene um, from the film is wildly inappropriate. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is like from one of the early scenes in the movie where the plot really hadn't even gotten rolling yet. Um, they put the evil dark sun in the background, like for as an Easter egg, I guess, for for people who have seen the movie. But it's like the city sequences, it's like, you know, the movie really hadn't even got its legs under it just yet. So, like, why would you pick that to represent that big of a movie? Yeah. Um, but shame on you, Brad. Fifth Element, uh, I want to say, like, as as far as, like, 90s action or sci-fi movies go, um, I want to say that one was, like, played incessantly on cable um, <laughs> in, in my youth. So I've seen that movie in, an insane number of times. And as a result, it has a special place in my heart. Plus, you know, Luc Besson, he has a, he has a special, like, bit of French whimsy that mm-hmm. he brings to a lot of his films. And it's one of his stronger efforts. Um, I haven't seen all of his films, but that's... It's immensely watchable, and the imagination on display is really admirable. Oh yeah, yeah, I I do like the film. Uh, the one time I saw it, but um, you know, <laughs> rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm I mean, the problem is if I want to rewatch it, I got to pull this off the shelf and look at it. That's that's the real well, problem. Get, get, Bring bring the lady over. Have her take it off the shelf and just like shield your eyes while she puts it in the in the four K player. Yeah, and then just then just watch it and you'll have a great evening. I, I promise. feel like I gotta wear gloves when I handle this thing. It's so toxic. Like I said, make it her make it her task. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw her under that steel bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it is it is a fun film. Uh, you know, maybe I might be a little more. Uh, partial to uh valerian in the city of a thousand planets but uh no i i'm mostly kidding i would definitely say the fifth element is a a better film and both i think i've only seen each of them one time although the uh the market scene in valerian i've watched several times but um yeah so those two steelbooks in my 4k collection um you know if anybody has the regular uh 4ks with uh slipcovers and is willing to trade Heck, I might even pay you. Like, it'll be a trade of these plus money for you to give me yours. Like, if anybody out there, you know, let me know. Yeah, folks folks at home, if if you're in the market for, you know, trying to get some uh, 4Ks off your hands, uh, with slipcovers, hopefully. Yeah, got to have the slip. If it's no, yeah. no slipcover, no deal. Sorry. No, that's it's yeah. got to be. We, we'd just yeah. be digging one hole into another if I get rid of these <laughs> steel books and then add in a, a non-slipcovered 4K. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this though, Brad. Um, by the way, uh, Valerian. I haven't seen it, but it didn't review well. Although one thing I did hear, um, like just across the board, a positive thing about the movie. Um, it has nothing to do with Dane DeHaan because most of us human beings don't care much for him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the worst part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of figured, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> but um, across the board, it sounded like the uh, the prologue, like the first ten minutes, are incredible. Um, and then once the movie starts rolling, it just kind of drags. But uh, I would watch it just because, you know, Luc Besson hadn't really done sci-fi since The Fifth Element, except mm-hmm. um, I think Lockdown or Lockout or whatever. Um, the oh, movie yeah, that yeah. they got sued over because it was too close to um, Escape from New York. 
<laughs> the plot was too close that they I think they were successfully sued over it. Really? Um, I for, I forget if he directed that. I think he just produced it. Um he tends to be one of those guys who has a lot yeah. of like apprentices and other French directors who take his projects and do them for him. But um I just wanted to ask uh do you know like the quality of of the Fifth Element disc? Like if, have you actually watched it at at home on the disc? I have not. I don't think I did a spot check either. Let me uh let me see. I've got I've got blu-ray.com pulled up here. Let's see. Uh we're looking at uh 4.5 uh 4K picture quality review. So um yeah, pretty solid. Um but yeah, I have okay. not uh viewed this uh myself, so I can't vouch for it. No, I I mean, I would encourage you to put it aside and maybe give it a rewatch cuz I I find that movie very very charming and it just immensely watchable. And if nothing else, you know, Gary Oldman will keep you entertained for as long as he's in the film, which is unfortunately yeah, yeah. not much. <laughs> but um anyway, I suppose uh, I should take a swing at my uh very very short stack of steel books here um so uh, i'll start with a kind of a cool one actually and this is not a official steel book um this is in a steel case um though i don't believe steel i don't believe it's an official steel book um because uh, i forgot to mention this up front when we were recording um I did like five minutes of research and i discovered that uh the word steel book just the word itself is like trademarked um, by a company called Scanabo. Um, so I theorized that, uh, and based on like perusing their website, that uh, just the format of the steelbook itself is what is what this Danish company or whatever owns. Um, so regardless of who manufactures the actual case or the discs therein, um, this Scanabo company gets a kickback. Um, so I'm sure it was a huge gamble for them investing up front, but... Um, Obviously, it's worked out because, um, I mean, we're not going to be talking about it today, I don't believe, uh, but it needs to be said, steelbooks not only exist for films, they also exist for games, um, because the collector's edition of video games and PC games is also gigantic. Uh, mm-hmm. Go figure, you know, it's also kind of a nerdy hobby, um, one that uh, I've I've trended backwards uh, <laughs> into. Like I I collect retro stuff. I don't, I don't collect contemporary games, but uh, I'm glad I don't um, because holy shit, some of the special editions they release these days for games are nuts. <laughs> like like the what was it the uh, Bethesda Fallout one that had the uh, the moldy helmets. Um, oh, that... <laughs> Did you hear about this, Brad? I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was cool. I saw what the helmet looked like on the outside, um, but when you put it on, it puts toxic spores into your lungs for real. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, they should have done that for The Last of Us instead of a Fallout. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't believe this is a steel a steel book proper, but it does come in a steel case. Um, and this would be uh, a Pioneer DVD, um, and it's for Akira. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 1988 uh, anime film. Uh, oof, it is showing some wear and tear. Uh, in fact, like that is some straight up like, like rust almost. <laughs> really? Cool. Uh, I've had this for a good long while, and this is a, a two disc special edition. Um, it's actually a very very handsome package. I'm personally very very happy with it. On the back, it just has one of the uh, the pills. Um, oh, love fe- that featured in the story. Yeah, it's minimalist. It works. It has the title on the front. It's just 
almost monochrome except for the red katakana for the word akira that is nice um, and it even goes so far as to say not just special edition the special edition <laughs> um but yeah i think this was like a uh a 20th anniversary maybe or a 25th maybe uh enough can't be said about the film itself but yeah this was this was a uh, suncoast video purchase back back when i uh, was dumb enough to spend money at suncoast video because holy shit i don't know what fye charges brad but suncoast holy fucking shit their discs were expensive <laughs> i would guess the day, they're anyway. probably comparable i would guess they're probably pretty comparable <laughs> Well, only difference is when I was buying stuff from Suncoast, it was at the mall when I was a teenager. Um, whereas you're bu- you're like out of the kindness of your heart, <laughs> keeping Fye alive. Well, you're yeah, doing well, you're doing a community service, like a I public mean, service. The, the way I, I look, I was at just it. a snot nosed teenager that was being conned <laughs> out of extra dollars. I mean, they'll have a Blu-ray that they say is on sale at Fye, and their on sale Blu-ray is the full price like on Amazon. So I'm like, well, you know, I could pay full, pr- not that I was about to buy it on Amazon, but it's like, well, I could pay full price on Amazon or full price here for their sale price. And then at least it goes to a store where I can buy in person. So that's how, that's how I justify it. You know, I've, <laughs> I've t- completely talked myself into it. No, you're, you're doing, you're doing the Lord's work, Brad. <laughs> we all think you're you still there. That. No, cause I mean, in, in my neck of the woods, as far as I know, we don't have FYE. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's neat that you go to a brick-and-mortar place to, to buy your stuff on occasion because, um, like like we've been saying, uh, physical media is in a rough spot right now. So it's up, it's up to folks like us who are insane enough to keep up with the hobby that, you know, we got a rising tide lifts all ships. It's, it's, yep. it's that kind of thinking that will keep it alive. But... Um, yeah, uh, the DVD is, it's a DVD, so it's single definition. I've since gone on to purchase the Blu-ray version of the film. I think it was like a 30th or 35th, <laughs> it was like a 30th anniversary edition. And now the 4K is on the way. Um, it, it was screened, uh, theatrically in Japan, uh, in many locations over the past year or so. And, uh, the 4K has been available in Japan, um, in region a with english subtitles for quite a while now but uh, i think i just caught wind of the fact that it's it's on its way to u.s shores Mm -hmm. um so i don't need to import the absurdly overpriced japanese disc because my god um (laughs) i don't know if you've ever looked looked for uh, japanese import discs um but you know they're they're fye prices and then some put it yeah oh yeah (laughs) but um thankfully i won't have to do that but uh as far as like movies that were influential to my my youth um and just like my sense of art and aesthetics and whatnot akira is like one of the most important ones uh so i don't have a problem with buying it a third time <laughs> uh so yeah when that 4k comes out i'm gonna buy it and hopefully it'll have a slip cover a slip cover and no steelbook <laughs> yeah that that's how you know you love a movie when you buy it in like every different format so many times like for some reason, I don't know. There was some movies that are like my all-time favorites that I, I just I didn't buy them on DVD. I don't know why. Just like that era, I just like did not watch those. I, it was just like weird. And then I bought them on Blu-ray, and I was like, why have I not watched this movie for the last ten years? I watched it twenty-seven times when I was a child. So 
um, yeah, like, you know, you never want to get to that point where you're like, man, I wish I could have kept the streak going and had it on VHS, Blu-ray, or VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, and I broke the streak and I didn't buy it on DVD. So never hesitate to buy. Always buy is what <laughs> no, I'm saying. It, it, it's okay, Brad. I mean, nostalgia comes in waves, and I'm just a little bit older than you. So, like, for me, um, I never owned The Secret of Nim on DVD. Um, but we certainly had a bootleg VHS that I wore the fuck out of. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, only a couple of years ago, I picked it up on Blu-ray because enough time had passed. That I was like, man, that just that feels like a warm blanket for my eyes. <laughs> and I, now I want it. Now I want it after yeah. decades of not wanting it. Um, anyway, uh, Brad, uh, what else you got? Um, all right, let's move on to something after the, your, yours was good, mine were bad. After my atrocious showings, let's move on to something good. I, I wasn't saying yours wasn't good. Um, <laughs> how about, uh, I won't have a ton to say about this specific steelbook, but let's uh, mention here, I've got a steelbook for a film that I w- would say is one of my, it's up there for me. I love this movie. It's a steelbook of Marty Scorsese's Goodfellas. And I got to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Matt. Not my buddy Matt who's been on the show, but a different Matt. This was a secret Santa gift that he gave to me. So thanks so much to Matt uh, who gave this to me five, six, seven years ago now. Um, It was, uh, I did not own it on Blu-ray at the time. And I I don't fault him for giving me the steelbook. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like upset when... I opened it up and it wasn't a regular Blu-ray. I, I I had no issue. I didn't I didn't cause a scene at the Christmas party. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't, Brad's I didn't in the back it. flipping furniture. <laughs> Motherfucker gave me a steel brick for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't me- I didn't mention that there was a, a dent on the back either. I didn't mention that. No no no. No, um, your your eye just involuntarily twitched and you bit your lip very hard. Yeah. <laughs> Drew a little bit of blood <laughs> and no, got I, sloshed. I, <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty though i was probably still under the the steelbook spell when he gave me this so i was probably i honestly it's cringeworthy to think but i was probably like oh goodfellas and it's a steelbook thanks dude like i yeah, like oh my god i'm gonna pass out just thinking that but yeah i was probably all i was all for it and it's a you know it's a nice looking steelbook it's got the uh the classic goodfellas cover which i like um and you know it's an amazing film. I, I I love it. One of the most watchable movies. I think I could pop the. It's it's one of those movies. Although I don't know if it would ever be on cable because they'd have it to is. edit edit it, it to hell. But yeah, it it usually is. And yeah, all the all the f bombs, the copious f bombs yeah. are cut out. Um, but it, yeah, it still finds its way onto cable all the time. And it, it's the movie where like you know if you're channel surfing or whatever, and it pops up, it's like. You just sit down and you just watch it. Like no matter where it's at in the movie, you can just sit down and it's uh it's a great one. And uh, the steelbook it it looks pretty good. I do have to upgrade to the uh, the 4K, um, which I still have not done. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a great film and it's not a horrendous addition to my collection. So uh, big thanks to Matt for gifting me that as uh, my secret Santa that year. <laughs> no, that that's a. That's a really outstanding Secret Santa gift. Yeah, because oh, I yeah. mean, oftentimes those aren't spectacular. Um, but yeah, that, that's a that's a very nice gift. So yeah, good. Job, I will man. say, maybe I shouldn't say this. I mean, I don't. We don't keep in touch anymore, so I don't think he would. 
I don't I don't think he would find his way here. But uh, if he uh, if he is listening, I'll just say, Matt, I I love you, man. I, nothing against this, but uh, I don't think he's gonna be listening. So um, he he did. This was uh, after he gifted me Goodfellas. We were at a uh, a college football game, and he was very cold. And he asked me to buy him. I I was in like the bookstore, like buying something on the way to the game. And he's like, dude, it's so cold. Could you like buy me a scarf? I'll pay you back. Um, And I was like, oh yeah, sure, man. And it's like university bookstore. Of course, the scarf's like thirty dollars. Of course. Um, But I'm like, whatever. He's gonna pay me back. Never paid me back for it. (laughs) Never did. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Let it be known, Brad. Brad never forgets. Yeah. <laughs> I, Mad this, Max Fury Road, the scarf. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> never forget. Never yeah. forgive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't want the money back. That's I, I hope he doesn't hear this. But, you know, just saying. So, you know, this gift, don't think he went like above like too far above and beyond. Like he 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 owed me this, even though the scarf incident <laughs> hadn't happened yet. <laughs> Like Paulie said in Rocky Three, you owes me, you owes me, Rock. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he, maybe that's why he never paid me back because he's like, I bought that asshole a Goodfellas Blu-ray steelbook, and he only bought somebody a, a, a gift card to Chili's or something. Like that. <laughs> that's probably why he kept the scarf for himself, didn't pay me back. Uh, well, yeah, um, I I don't know what the specs are like on that disc, but um. Just looking at the cover, I like that they didn't mess with the classic. Yeah. Like it's identical to the poster. In fact, uh, in some ways, from just like a pure aesthetic standpoint, because it doesn't have the bordering uh, that comes with a Blu-ray disc, it actually looks slightly more handsome. Yeah, uh, it, it looks good. it's a borderless out, uh, like layout. Um, but it is, you know, it is an eyesore um, put on your shelf, though, because, like you said, it, does, it doesn't jive with, with the rest of it. But um, let me ask you this, though. So... Goodfellas, Casino, um, and The Irishman. Mm -hmm. Um, The Irishman is coming out in the Criterion Collection very soon. It is. It is. Which is only a 1080p Mm Blu-ray. So you already have Goodfellas on Steelbook. Do you have Casino? I have Casino on 4K. Um, so you, ooh, wow, Brad, you're, you're all over the place. You got yeah. you got a Steelbook, a 4K, and then a Criterion. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a mess. But what what can you do? I mean, I do want to get uh, Goodfellas on 4K at some point, but I still haven't gotten to the point where I'm consciously upgrading my Blu-rays to 4K because it's just like, you know. I, I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, I still think Blu-rays look good. It's not like the the jump from DVD to Blu-ray. It's like I can't go back to DVD. I can't I can't go back. If there's something I own on DVD and I want to watch it, I almost always am like, I got to I gotta buy it. I got to wait a few days for it to ship from Amazon. I can't watch it on that. <laughs> Blu-ray, at least, I still think it looks good, so it's not, like, as urgent. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine watching Goodfellas in 1080p, but... um. Eventually, I'm I'll upgrade. I'm sure. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I have John Wick one on Blu-ray and then the other two on 4K. But you know, it's gonna. <laughs> and you're be... giving me crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I was gonna say is I'm I'm not in a hurry to, yeah, to fix yeah. that to correct that. But uh, you know, it it does cause some involuntary eye twitches from time to time. But it's it's okay. It's okay for now. 
Um, but yeah, I, I I really would like to rewatch Goodfellas again. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's it's immensely watchable um, mm-hmm. despite its length. Uh, Marty Scorsese, man, like he makes the best films. He's, oh yeah, he's just you you put them on and and you just you're entranced. It's like it's like I think we were saying about Zodiac before. It's like motherfucker, I had a whole day planned, and then and then you put on Zodiac. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess I'm watching Zodiac. <laughs> yep. I was gonna work out. I was gonna cook dinner. Nope, I'm gonna be glued to the couch. <laughs> it, it was John Carroll Lynch. I'm telling you, it was John Carroll Lynch. It was the it was the Coen Brothers guy. It was the Fargo guy. <laughs> they did yeah. get him. <laughs> and Zodiac's even longer. Zodiac's like almost three hours. Like that one. Yeah. But it just sucks you right in, man. Yeah. And Goodfellas has that effect on you too. But um, so uh, hmm, how the fuck am I gonna follow that up? Uh, well, with some crap. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so, uh, ooh, shit. This one's also starting to rust. I must have some like, I don't know, like some musty air in here or something. Yeah. Uh, what's so going this on over there? Eight, uh, again, this is a uh, DVD, but this even this is gonna bug. This is gonna grind your gears, Brad. Um, oh This no. is a a, a two pack, and it's a steel book, <laughs> and it's uh, the only one of the entire series I have on steel book. Okay. Um, so this is a uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, double feature on DVD. So this is checking all of your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, the history of Trunks. And uh, Bardock, the father of Goku. Um, so these were a couple of uh, TV specials that aired in Japan in the early '90s. Um, they're like small. They're like minor stories uh, that happen in the canon of the main series, um, and they're alluded to in the main series. But at some point, it was decided it's like, hey, we could make a couple of like decently well animated TV specials that actually like spotlight those those minor moments in the canon and really like get into the nitty gritty of like the details of how it all went down. And uh, it just so happens that uh, because they're like slightly longer than a normal episode of television and they have like a slightly elevated budget, um, like the, the grit and grime of them is dialed up a little bit. They're mm-hmm. more serious than was typical of the series um, and slightly more violent and more intense. Um, I don't really have a, super strong connection to either one of them um but i have this thing where uh, some of the earliest uh, dvds i was buying um, again when i was a teenager were mostly uh, anime um like i keep reiterating over and over and over again pretty much every time we talk brad uh i'm kind of out of the game although i'll contradict myself and say that i bought a, a gundam movie like a week ago <laughs> so like um aside from gundam i'm mostly out of the anime game but uh, when I was a teenager, I was kind of all in on it, and Dragon Ball Z was a really big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if, how familiar you are with it, but uh, that TV series is like almost 200 episodes. Um, there are several other shows that are, run longer than that, but, you know, again, Suncoast Video was the only way I was able to get movies outside of maybe Best Buy. Um, but Suncoast was slightly closer, and for like thirty-five bucks a pop for like four episodes a disc, um, even my even my teenage brain said, "You know what? <laughs> We're not doing that." That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah. So instead, I uh, I committed um, even before that uh, to just uh, collecting the the movies because um, mm-hmm. there's thirteen uh, Dragon Ball Z movies. 
um, that are outside of the the canon of the main series. It's just like an excuse to have like a monster of the week and a, a slightly higher budget and like one and a half times the the runtime of a normal episode. So basically, it's the it's the show, but self-contained in a movie. Um, and there are thirteen of them, and I committed like early on um, in the form of like bootleg VHSs that I was ordering off eBay <laughs> to to collecting all those movies, and then. Um, that might be one of the earliest instances of me um, upgrading uh, to a, a higher res format. Um, I took those bootleg VHSs and very, very, very slowly replaced them with uh, single definition DVDs uh, at 35 bucks a pop or whatever. <laughs> and what's more, um, the, the release schedule of them was insane. Like these these things had had all been released by like 1995, in Japan anyway. Uh, so what, by the time I was like 15, I already had bootleg VHSs of all of them already. They're yeah. horrible fucking quality. Um, but it wasn't until like like beyond 2005, I think, that they even released all of them in this country. <laughs> so like I was like very slowly like filling in this collection. I was like, oh my god, these are all things I've already seen. But uh, to be honest, like the Im- the jump in image quality, even to just you know standard definition, was so monumental that it was oh, kind of yeah. like seeing it again for the first time. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was this was just a convenience pick for me. Um, I just kind of grabbed it because uh, it just so happened that in my mind I counted those two TV specials as movies, and I was like, you know, I have the other thirteen. I might as well grab those side stories and fill in that blank with a oddly shaped steel case (laughs) now let me let me ask you this so so those two are technically tv specials is is that correct yeah okay now this is going a little off of the steelbook tangent but do you separate i don't know how much tv you own on blu-ray but like do you separate tv shows out from your general collection uh I do not at the moment, um, but I'm starting to consider that as something I should probably do uh, because oh, I yeah. do have a handful of TV box sets that's like, you know, the, these are oddly shaped and they take up a lot of shelf space. Maybe mm-hmm. I should like get a, a small shelf or something to put them aside onto. I think that's the way to go. Now, the, the, the Dragon Ball, you know, the TV special sort of thing, that'd be a weird, it's kind of a sort of fringe case, and I've got a few of those. Um, for example, uh, Salem's Lot, the, uh, I think it's, uh, Toby Hooper did that. I think, yeah, I think he did that one. Um, mm-hmm. which I think was a TV mini series or a long TV movie, but, uh, I have that right now in my TV section. So, but that, that is definitely a fringe case. Um, like the, yeah. uh, the it mini series from 1990, uh, that two episodes that's in the TV section. Wow, yeah. you take it that far? Yeah. <laughs> if it originally aired on television, it it is a TV product. Although I I do break that with uh I own the Night Stalker and I believe that was a TV movie, the original Night Stalker, and I do have that in the the movie section. Um so you know, there's there's some fringe cases that are kind of kind of interesting. Okay, well I have uh I have The Beast, uh Peter Benchley's The Beast. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a giant squid. <laughs> it's awesome. So, sounds like I'd like it. Um, yeah. I mean, we were talking about animal attack movies the other day. It's a, a huge reason as to why I got really into the genre when I was young. Um, I have that and uh, the the Odyssey. 
the TV movie of that. And the way they're collected on DVD is like, I think it's just one disc and um, it just fades to black and then the next part of it starts. I don't, I don't remember if they put the ti- the title sequence in there for the episode breaks, Yeah, um, but they're both two-parters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's some there's some weird zones. Like uh, I think just coming out this week or next week, uh, that uh, Breaking Bad Netflix movie uh, coming out on Blu-ray for the first time. Now that's a real fringe case because I mean it's a movie based on a TV show that premiered on a streaming service. Where does that go besides the garbage can? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. <laughs> I'm just picturing picturing Brad standing. Standing in his doorway, just like tossing it back and forth between his hands, just like what, what, what are you? <laughs> what <Yeah>. is this? <laughs> I really, I re- that's a real. I really don't know where I would put that. I would, I'd probably put it. I, I, I want to say I'd put it in the movies, but the thing that's holding me up is that Netflix. You know, they're so willy nilly about what is considered since they're, you know. Since they're they're not even technically they're not television. It's like you know internet. So you know they come out with all these movies like The Irishman. It competes for Oscars. Roma it competes for Oscars. Then El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, premieres on Netflix and they submit it for Emmys. I mean, where are they drawing oh, the line no. here? Oh, I mean, if it was submitted for an Emmy, then that's television. So. I think I think it has to be. I think it has to be. Maybe you need to like make a, a velcro patch that you can like slap it onto the side of your Breaking Bad. Uh, you have the drum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to just like set it on top or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> it definitely has to be partnered with that. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mm. Well, what else you got, Red? All right, I'll I'll mention a steel book here, and um, it is the Friday the Thirteenth remake reboot uh killer cut now really this i i don't have much to say about this movie the only reason i really want to i wanted to mention this is because it's a it's an excuse to talk about the absolute debacle that is going on right now (laughs) with the scream factory friday the 13th collection have you heard about this no fill me in brad so scream factory first of all i'm not a huge friday the 13th fan i I'd seen the original long time ago. I'd seen it before, but I only just recently watched through all the films last Halloween, I believe. So I'm not like the biggest fan of the franchise, but um, Scream Factory came out with a a huge set of every single Friday the 13th film. Um, I think it was lots of new transfers, tons of new bonus features. Looks great. It was very similar to their Halloween collection. I'm a bit more of, I'm more of a Halloween fan than Friday the 13th fan. But, you know, people were really hyped about this. Um, and the first controversy was that Scream Factory made it sound like, you know, this is going to be very limited. You got to get your pre-orders in. It's going to sell out. People got all their pre-orders in and Scream Factory said, due to high demand, we're going to print off more of them. So now there's like there's tons of them everywhere. Like now the price has actually dropped and people that pre-ordered thinking they're going to have this exclusive thing are mad. But that's not even where the real trouble happens. The real trouble is that there are a plethora of technical issues with this set. Tons. And I I, th- I thought Scream Factory put out a statement. And I'm, I was trying to pull it up and I can't find it. Maybe it was on Instagram. I'm looking on their Facebook. I don't see it. But anyway, um, I'm, just, I'm going through Blu-ray.com. 
and this thread has 960 pages, so I can't find where like the like a comprehensive list of what is wrong. But here's just one poster's <laughs> comments. This is from Yoda's Foot Powder. Commented one: the title credits in Part Three 3D version don't pop out as much as they should. Two, Jason Goes to Hell, unrated version, is missing one gore shot, two seconds, compound arm fracture outside of the food diner. Three, Jason X, girls' comedic screaming sound effects are missing when Jason is smashing them in sleeping bags. I mean, like, Scream Factory, I love them. I do, but they've had many issues like this, and I think fans are very pissed. I've heard of discs coming out of the package is just like scratched like they just take them out of the case and they're just scratched and one guy this could be fake this could be fake everything on the internet is fake but i'm, I'm also part of a, a facebook group that's called like home video boutique or something and it, it was one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life he posted a picture of his set and each set has individual cases for all the movies his set had no original Friday the 13th, no part one, but two part seven. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? It was one of the funniest things I think I've ever, like it could be fake. I don't know, but it was absolutely hysterical. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I, I own the real cheapo Friday the 13th, eight movie collection that doesn't have all of them, but it has the original eight. And I do own the, uh, Friday the 13th remake or reboot or whatever you want to call it on Steelbook. It's a fun slasher. It's, you know, pretty typical what you would expect. Um, But, uh, you know, I thought maybe am I going to be getting rid of this? Am I going to be upgrading to the Scream Factory version? And I I don't know. I don't I kind of want to drop the coin on it just so I can use it towards my Best Buy rewards points. But uh, I don't know with all those technical issues. You're really rolling the dice. I might have to hang on to this steel book, which I, I think has a you know I kind of like the cover. It's not bad. It's it's oh it's okay. So it's fine. It, yeah. it's kind of it has that like minimalist aesthetic to it. It's almost like a, a vector graphic of of Jason below the neck. But yeah, um, uh, I would wait for a second printing of that box yeah. set. It sounds like they have some kinks to work out, and uh, that is such a shame uh, because they should know better. Like I mean. Scream Factory, the you know the horror fans out there are some of the most rabid fans that exist. Oh, yeah. So things like missing gore shots are not going to slip by them, and they will not abide that. Um, yeah. So yeah, they they kind of blew it. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen the packaging for that thing, and um, I think when I was in college, I I went on like a a slasher tangent where I was like gobbling up all of those films. So I'm 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 very familiar with that franchise, and I do have a lot of fun coming back to it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just looking at the package um, as it was intended to be presented and consumed, uh, it's very enticing. It's a it, really yeah, awesome, it, it is. awesome yeah. artwork, and you know, Scream Factory generally has a very good reputation. But yeah, I, I would wait on that one, <laughs> um, but uh, I won't dwell on that too much. But yeah, re- thanks for bringing that up. I was not aware that that was such a shit show. <laughs> yeah, buyer beware, buyer beware. And I will say. You know, Scream Factory, they've been known to have technical issues in the past. I've never had any problem with doing a replacement with them. I've done it before, and their their customer service is exceptional. So I will give them credit there. I've had um, multiple discs uh, where I've had to replace them. And one time, I don't know, maybe I 
should consult my lawyer before saying this, but one time I had to get a disc replaced and they sent me, I can't remember exactly how it worked. They sent me like two discs and like with cases. So I own, I now own two copies of this movie and they kind of like said something. They sent me an email like, Hey, would you mind sending one of those back to us? And I, I meant to do it, and I just never got around to it. So. <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out, Brad, just in case. <laughs> you never you never know who's going to be listening. I was like, why should I spend more of my time to fix your problem, spend postage out of my wallet? No. So I said, you know what? <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Um, but just to bring things back around to the, the, <laughs> the steelbook in question, um, yes. the, the one thing I'll say about it is the uh, – it's the – it comes from that era, the platinum dunesening of mm-hmm. uh, of all the uh, like eighties and late seventies horror franchises, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And did they do uh, Nightmare on Elm Street also? I believe it or was, was that. Yeah, else? yeah, yeah. It was. We were going through that phase of of horror because horror is very, very trendy. Um, it's that kind of genre, and that's why it's so beautiful. Is that it? There, I think there's a lot less of a stigma. Um, when it comes to paying homage to that which came before. Like, people don't hate on you for doing that in horror movies as much as they do in other genres. It's like, oh, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. But in horror, it's just like, oh, I understood that reference. And it, everybody gets the the fuzzy feeling and whatnot. But um, the one thing I'll say about uh, the Friday the 13th one is that the, the fella that plays Jason is uh, Derek Mears. And uh, kind of, I have kind of a fun story about him. I haven't met him or anything like that. But... Uh, when I was in high school, there was a website that a friend of mine turned me on to. And uh, for many, many years, we kind of like obsessively spent a lot of time on this website. It was called Channel 101. And it was founded by Dan Harmon um, way back before Community and Rick and Morty and all that business. But um, this was like in the 2000s. And uh, basically, the, the website hosted five-minute pilots for uh, internet shows. And this was pre-YouTube. Uh, so these were like QuickTime files on the <laughs> website. <laughs> And uh, Derek Mears uh, was a guy, he was an actor that was in many of these five-minute pilots that uh, uh, my friend and I came to referring to him as a bald action guy <laughs> because that was his role in like every every show he was in. He was just yeah. a very large, bald man that did action-y things. But um, a lot of talent came out of Channel 101. I mean, Dan Harmon being chief among them. Um, but, uh, Justin Roiland, who is like the brainchild behind Rick and Morty and stuff. He also came from there. Drew Carey did a show for them. Jack mm. Black did several shows for them. Um, Randall Park came from channel 101 and, and, uh, Derek Mears has gone on to be Jason Voorhees and Swamp Thing. And, uh, many, he's turned in many, many performance capture uh, performances in like behind the scenes of many, many productions. So for me, I get like a warm fuzzy feeling when i see his name attached to a production because it's like nobody knows who that is but it's like yeah. i do <laughs> like that's, that's bald cool. action guy and now he's jason that like, cool. that's so fucking cool <laughs> good for him yeah that's so cool that a guy who brings almost nothing to the table aside from apparently being a very nice man and being very large and bald <laughs> gets to be fucking jason Voorhees. yeah like, that's so cool I, I do think it's weird that they never like it's kind of crazy that unless I'm I'm not forgetting one am I that that was the last Friday the Thirteenth movie like it's been a long time like that's it's kinda, been a long time yeah and I thought I thought the movie was a, a success fine I'm sure it was a success financially I mean they can make these things for 
dirt didn't cheap. Cost so. shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird they didn't continue it somehow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure bald action guy wasn't pulling down fifty million dollars. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it has been a very long time now that you mention it. Like it, it just occurred to me when you said that. But um, who knows? Maybe we'll get an announcement because uh, Halloween 2018 made a shit ton of money, and yeah. the sequel is due out pretty soon, right? Or well, should have been anyway. Supposed to be out already, but I think it's next Halloween now. Yeah, so, so you know if if that trend continues, you know kids might be hungry for more more slashers, and there's few others that are as famous as Jason Voorhees. Yeah, I do love a good slasher. And they're fun. They're just they're just fun. Like I don't I don't want a, a cerebral slasher. Like I don't want an elevated slasher. Like yeah. look at the fucking title of the genre. Jesus, <laughs> just make trash. I'll show yep. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Speaking of trash, um, let's move on to something that is not trash. <laughs> so this one, this one isn't rusty. That's kind of cool. Um, so this is uh, from the UK. Um, however, it is Region A, and it's English subtitle, which is very, very nice. And it's a Warner Brothers disc because uh, Warner Brothers does quite a bit of business in Japan. Uh, they have a studio, I think, based out of Japan, but. Um, this is Yuru Sarezaru Mono, uh, Unforgiven. And uh, this mm. is uh, a remake of Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, but set in Japan, uh, I think in the Meiji period. So, like when uh, katanas were outlawed in public. Uh, so, kind of like the Wild West equivalent, I guess. Um, but it's uh, Ken Watanabe as the Clint Eastwood character. And. Uh, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, it's a very heavy drama, um, but it has it has the action when it needs to. It's mostly relegated to the back end of the film, um, but it's gorgeous to look at. Um, they filmed it in, uh, I think it was Hokkaido, like way up north in the country. So, like, uh, where they get snow and where it's where the landscape is very different looking from what you'd expect for the rest of the country. Uh, so it has a very uh, different te- texture to it uh to to use the joss whedon terminology <laughs> um but yeah i mean if you like unforgiven um which i think most people do it's, it's a very good film if you ask me um it's it's a worthy remake and the setting it in a different country with you know, a totally different aesthetic um makes it feel fresh and different and new um and i'm shocked actually that this movie never found a home over here because it's a remake of an american film a, a highly respected american film that, as far as i know uh, got a 4k release and everything mm-hmm. uh pretty recently um but yeah as far as i know it, it's never been released um hmm. in in the u.s uh, so i had to find an import disc of it that lucky me uh just so happens to be a uk disc that is our region and english subtitled yeah unfortunately the only way I could get it was a steelbook. <laughs> so I just, I got stuck with a steelbook of a pretty good movie, but um, it's literally the uh, one of two Blu-rays I own on in steelbook format. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a good looking steelbook. I, I I think it looks all right. Um, yeah. Now, what year did this come out? I want to say like 2013. Oh, okay. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't catch on then because, you know, Ken Watanabe was, you know, a name at that point like oh he, know, he's he, a name yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a name he can move a movie man <laughs> i thought i thought maybe this had come out like in the mid 90s or something when he was i mean maybe i'm biased but like like 
if you want to sell a movie to my mom and her sisters, put Ken up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm biased, but <laughs> but he works for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like him a lot. Yeah, I I would be very curious to watch that. That does sound pretty good, actually. Um, and yeah, I feel like maybe you mentioned it to me at some point, but yeah. Outside of that, I I don't think I've uh I've ne- I haven't heard any talk of this really. It flew in totally under the radar. I had to hunt for this sucker, yeah. um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you like Unforgiven, definitely check it out. I, I think I did bring it up on a previous episode. I just didn't really talk at length about it. Yeah. Um, but what else you got, Brad? Um, all right, let's go. Let's go to a steel book that I actually do like quite a bit. I I like the design of this steel book. I think it's very creative, and the movie I think is very good as well. Um, it is the steelbook for Guardians of the Galaxy, which is designed as the awesome mixtape with the uh, play buttons on the sp- spine and you know the mixtape on the front. I think this is just a very creative cover. Really like it, although the back with the, the sticker with them could do without that, but we'll just forget about that. But I, I love the idea of it, and I remember when they... Uh, <laughs> This is kind of, this is an embarrassment to me actually. Um, when they announced this, uh, me and a couple of my friends were like, "Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta get this." And my one friend, you know, he I don't think he was actually planning on buying it. Maybe he was. He doesn't collect movies quite like I do. But uh, we were like, "That's such a cool cover. We gotta get that." So we went to Best Buy, and like, I think it was the day that they released this, and um, we didn't see it where it was supposed to be on the shelves. And we were like, oh, man, we missed out. I was so bummed because I wanted to get this so bad. And we're just kind of like walking, perusing the aisles. And we're like walking down an aisle and in a spot where this is not supposed to be. He just like points at it and it's just on the shelf there. And I don't even question. I not not a good friend at all. I just grab it. I don't I don't say, oh, take it, man. I just immediately grab it. I saw it in the wild and I just reacted. Um, and I think after I grabbed it, I was like, Hey, do you want this man? I mean, you, you saw it. <laughs> he was like, no, no, it's, it's okay. You can, you can have it. Um, but I do, I like, uh, guardians of the galaxy a lot. I think for me, probably the highlight of the Marvel universe, I did really like, uh, Avengers Endgame, but, um, I definitely think guardians of the galaxy for me in terms of just having its own style, I it felt like a huge breath of fresh air. A lot of fun. Actually, I think the humor is great. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites from that uh, that series. And I love the look of the Steelbook. It's one of the Steelbooks that I'm not ashamed to own. Yeah. I Wow. That That is a handsome package. Yeah. Uh, I, the, what really seals the deal is the the control buttons um, for the cassette player on yeah. the spine like that. Yep. That's that's a good use of your packaging like that. That was very clever. They they. They took the medium into account and they took advantage of it. So that that is doing it right. And I'm glad I'm glad we got to highlight one of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> like one steel book that makes you feel good about it. Um, yep. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, James Gunn, he's he's a unique voice in Hollywood. It, it's kind of amazing that he's working for Disney and and Warner Brothers. Like he's at the top of of he's at the pinnacle of the art form in terms of like I uh, like budgets and whatnot and resources mm-hmm. um and yet he comes from trauma yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that's that's amazing. I mean, for fuck's sake, Lloyd Kaufman is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, he has a cameo in the Prison Break sequence, and that's that's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking uh, before we started recording. I was mentioning that uh, I rewatched uh, Terminator Two uh, with the director's commentary. Now I mentioned that uh, James Cameron seems like he's a lot of fun on cam- commentary in general. Uh, I'm generalizing because I've only listened to Aliens and Terminator Two. But in general, he seems like he's a lot of fun to listen to. And the same can be said for James Gunn, uh, because I went through a period, I think, when I was uh, prepping for Avengers Endgame, uh, where I had already seen all the Marvel movies up to that point many times over. Uh, So I decided to listen to the commentary for many of them. And uh, James Gunn is delightful on commentary. Uh, I would highly recommend you put that sucker on, because uh, he has this quirk where... um, almost any element of the production, any actor or like gaffer that he's worked with, he refers to as his friend. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. so he says, oh, Zoe's, Zoe, my friend. <laughs> and like, oh, Dave, my friend. <laughs> like, and he just sounds so affable. He just sounds like a really fun, nice guy. Um, and it translates to the screen. Like you can tell that they are enjoying themselves. Um, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was one or two but uh, I think it's Kyle's pick for his favorite MCU movie. Um, I think I prefer the first one, although the second one, holy shit, it has a couple of gut punch moments in there. They're tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, I Had a Cool Dad is one of the most heartfelt lines delivered in all the MCU films, Um, but the second one does have a bit of like meandering that goes on where it's like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. It's fine. I don't mind. But I do feel like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but it's 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 like you say, it, it's very much its own thing, though, in a what's generally regarded as a very controlled environment. Um, so I, I need to appreciate that about both of them. That's like, you know, many of these MCU movies feel kind of cookie cutter. And I mean, Kyle and I have coined the phrase Marvel good. Um, They're certainly not that. Uh, so, yeah. As long as we get one of those every once in a while, like the MCU experiment can continue on ad infinitum. <laughs> yeah, it was well worth it. Yeah, I would say both uh, Guardians films are probably top five in the franchise for me. They're both they're both up there. They have they have a place probably in my top five. I think Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier might be my favorite. Um, but I'm biased. I like punches delivered in anger. Like the ratio of screen time to punching is it's like really important to the quality of a film in my mind personally. <laughs> yeah. And the quality of the punching in that film is quite good. Um and I think I liked uh I think I liked Infinity War better than Endgame. Mm, um, interesting. A lot of that had to do with the pace. Um because yeah. it's okay. it's it's a Infinity War is a chase film. It, like it never despite the fact that we're cutting between three different things happening concurrently, like whoever edited that film, uh, tip of the hat to them because damn, that, that was quite the undertaking and they made it work. Um, but, uh, this is going to be my last, uh, steel book, like the last, this is all I have. (laughs) Um, I will say that, uh, I did at one point own two others. If memory serves, Mm. Um, I had two DVDs. I had, uh, live free or die hard and uh transformers the the first michael bay one yeah um both on dvd on steelbook and uh i didn't have any problems with those packages but uh i think i gifted those to an ex-college roommate uh and later on 
uh, I did not replace the Transformers Michael Bay film because I at some point I got it through my head that's like you know these are fun to watch in the theater and then talk shit about with my brother it became a ritual at some point where it's like oh there's a new Transformers we know we need to go see it and then tear into it yeah um, but I abandoned that franchise as far as like collecting at home uh, goes because look at that franchise <laughs> but uh live free or die hard i, I spotlight the uh, nakatomi plaza uh tower collection that i have so i did replace that on blu-ray at some point um but anyway uh to get to it uh my last blu-ray disc is a shout factory steelbook and this would be transformers the movie oh hey <laughs> from 1986 <laughs> um, so this is the animated film and this is the limited edition 30th anniversary steelbook complete with like flimsy little like hot glued slip cover like pseudo slip cover it's like a, mm-hmm. a slip slip wrapping <laughs> it's it's not a full case but i kept it just because it came with it why not um this is this is a beautiful transfer um the movie's never looked better and uh again this is a movie that i watched countless times in my childhood countless times in my childhood i feel for my mother who had to sit through not only my brother watching it every day in his youth but then me coming along a few years later she had to do it all over again so she probably knows this movie better than either of us do um but that version of the film was a bootleg vhs that not only did we have a bootleg vhs of it at one point it got taped over by my father and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> so my mom was like, we need to replace that. <laughs> now, so what, th- what did he tape it over with? That's what I want to know. Uh, it was either some form of, I think it may have been, uh, he was trying to tape like boxing or something, but it was okay. uh, it was a cable box pay-per-view boxing. Okay. So it was just, it was just snow with audio. <laughs> um, Either that or it was he tried to actually do me a favor and he tried to record an episode of the uh, the Mega Man cartoon in the morning because mm. it came on at a weird time slot like before I was awake and then I would have to go to school or something. Um, that show sucks except for the title sequence is fucking amazing. Like <laughs> look it up, Brad, if you don't know it. Like please. I got to check look. it out. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mega Man, a fighting robot. Mega Man. That, that's th- those are the lyrics. <laughs> it's amazing. The show's crap. Um, who designed those eyebrows? They're they're way too <laughs> thick for that robot. But uh, yeah, I think he was trying to record that show for me. So he was trying to do something out of like out of love for his child, for his youngest son, oh, <laughs> and then he nice fucked movie. me over by <laughs> ta- like taping over my favorite movie. <laughs> Um, but then uh, we did end up re- replacing it, and of course I did watch the fuck out of it. But it wasn't until um, it came out on DVD that I'd revisit it like with decent image quality. And it needs to be said, Transformers the movie was the first DVD I ever bought at mm-hmm. Suncoast Video. <laughs> and uh, only like within the past two years, I think, this, uh, this uh, Shout Factory disc came out. And uh, it's great. <laughs> it, it's it's it it's the best version of the movie you could ever hope for. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of supplements on it, um, and I think the the Rhino DVD I had before the only supplement was an interview with uh, the composer Vince DiCola, uh, which was interesting. But it's like you know, there's quite a bit more to the story that I'd like to hear. Um, so this this is a steelbook I'm happy to have. Um, it is a little bit of an eyesore, being as it's on a shelf of 
several hundred Blu-rays, and there are literally only two that are in still cases. But, you know, uh, I wanted to get it right away, and this is the only version of it they had at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is there a regular version really since, or is it still the only one? I believe there is a regular version now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. like, I, I got it, like, at its initial release, and I guess the first printing was a steelbook. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, no worries. Don't don't stress too much about it, you know. Don't don't be like me and keep yourself awake at night uh going over aesthetic things. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could do this show cuz I feel like this is like therapeutic in some way. Like yeah. <laughs> get it all out of your system. Yeah, we should just do this and like, you know, I'll take these steelbooks off the shelf to highlight them and just never put them back on the shelf. Just put them straight in the garbage can so then I can just uh... <laughs> Yeah, as soon as, as soon as this call ends, Brad's just gonna go puke like a ten minute stream of just ah, bile. <laughs> it's been yeah. backed up for years. Yeah, yeah, but I've still never seen uh, Transformers the movie. A um, little bit before my time, but I I, I do want to check it out at some point. Um, I probably won't get quite as much out of it as uh, you probably would, um, but. <laughs> I have heard, uh, you know, great, I mean, you know, I've never heard somebody say, like, oh, it's a piece of crap. Like, everybody, whether it's nostalgia or whatnot, seems like everybody I know holds it in at least somewhat high regard. Um, I think the, I think the nostalgia factor cannot be denied. Um, yeah. You, you really do have to be somewhat familiar with, with the franchise in, in this particular form. They call it Gen 1, um. I was fortunate that I, I have an older brother, um, so this is technically before my time as well. Um, but you know, I got his hand-me-down stuff, so his love for Transformers kind of bled onto me. And you know, I, I caught reruns of the original run of the TV series, so it was all very known to me. And so much of the characterization is very archetypal, like Optimus Prime, just Peter Cullen's voice, roll out. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, we. I know that he's cool. I know that I'm supposed to like him when shit happens to him i'm supposed to freak out and i certainly did but um it's kind of funny revisiting it now because it it's a little bit adhd <laughs> like, yeah. like it uh it bounces around really rapidly it's like wow this is hard to follow <laughs> but as a kid you know you don't notice that and especially because the characters it's like you've had a couple of seasons of television to you know really get the finer points of of these really broad characters but uh, for someone showing up for the first time, it's probably just going to be like, whoa, we need to slow down. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. But that what's cool. also funny about what's also funny about those that I mentioned Infinity War, um, it does bear some resemblance to the format of Infinity War. Now, I think, now I think I I've think I've heard you it. mention that before. Actually. Yeah. 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 So maybe keep that in the back of your mind. Like if it's losing you, maybe like give yourself a chuckle, like and try to remember Infinity War when you're watching it. Yeah, that is cool though. How you know, like your brother's love of Transformers the movie bled down to you. Like my sister's love of Dawson's Creek bled down to me. I mean, it's just great how things uh, work out that way. You know. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's kind of neat. I'm I'm I feel fortunate to have a sibling because I I think it'd be weird to not have somebody to do stuff before you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a running theme in my life where it's like whatever my brother kind of likes. I love yeah. <laughs> so like whatever he shows a passing interest in I'd fucking take that for a walk <laughs> like even podcasting like the first podcast I ever did he 
he initiated it. Um, he pops onto the show every once in a while, but like it's it's kind of been my thing that I've run with. But mm-hmm. um, I keep trying to like rope him back into doing it more regularly, but it's yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God he doesn't love steel books. You lucked out there. Yes, I did luck out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. Um, you got one more you want to share? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, let's uh, go with. Hmm, let's go with this one here. This is uh, one of my, I'd say it's up there in one of my favorite movies. Certainly one of my favorite horror movies of the last little bit. It is uh, Gore Verbinski's The Ring, which I actually really like the cover of this. Just black with the ring and then the, the font and the title of the ring inside the ring. Very minimalist, very simple. It just, it works with a steelbook. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. I think... I don't know if I bought this because uh, I liked the uh, Steelbook specifically or if it was just what Best Buy had at the time. I don't know. But um, I'm a big fan of this. I'm a big I'm a big gore hound. I really like Gore Verbinski. And uh, I think my love of him started with this film. Although I think I had seen Mouse Hunt before that, but I didn't know that it was him. But, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to the American, you know, J-horror remakes. And uh, I'll I'll say I've seen the original, and I still think the American remake is better. I think uh, you got that Hans Zimmer score, which I love. The visuals are amazing. Naomi Watts is great in it. Uh, It's just the full package. I might watch it this October. I might. I'm I'm thinking about it. Brian Cox, bathtub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you need. (laughs) That's all you need. (laughs) Just that scene. That's all you need. But um, we've brought up Gore Verbinski several times. Actually, I don't know if you and I have talked about him before, but you've brought him up on your show, uh, the Cinema Speak podcast, many times. And I am so glad to hear that because I really like Gore Verbinski too. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like, like even even those, those Pirates movies, Warts and All, there's something to the way they're constructed. And just from a pure aesthetic standpoint, my God, he makes some of the most visually just gorgeous films like mm-hmm. he he makes the prettiest movies <laughs> like yeah um R- rango is is an oddity like that is so strange in his filmography and yet somehow it kind of works um and the performance capture animation in there is very charming um i really would like to see the lone ranger at some point solely because of him like mm-hmm. i've heard nothing but shit about that movie but because he made it it's still i still kind of want to check it out the the two train sequences that bookend the film are amazing. But, uh, you know, other than that, it definitely has some issues. But, yeah, those two sequences I absolutely love. So I did say it's definitely definitely worth checking out. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to do that soon uh, because not only because there's trains. I'm, I'm always there for trains. Like, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll show up yeah. for train action. Um, but, yeah, Gore Verbinski just has – he has that quality to him that's like if he makes something and he doesn't make much like his output isn't like it isn't that frequent like if he makes yeah. something i'll pay attention like i'll i'll keep my eyes out for that um one movie that um you know i have to do a uh, a horror film uh this weekend uh, one film that i rewatched only a couple weeks ago because i had been listening to the score for it at work just 
over and over and over again. I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, I saw this when it first came out. Uh, A Cure for Wellness. That movie is very, very flawed, but man, it is one of the most beautiful movies I think I own. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just so amazing to look at and the soundscape, just the soundtrack. The music is so beautiful. Um, It's it's that kind of movie for me. It's just like, shut your brain off for a second and just feel shit. (laughs) Just look at the pretty pictures and feel shit. Um, that I mean, unconventional horror is the theme this month here at Catching Up on Cinema. So that might be the one I do. Um, yeah, but yeah, it but, would fit. Yeah, um, but yeah. I I should rewatch The Ring at some point because I haven't seen that since uh, I think I saw that on VHS. To be honest, um, appropriately enough, given the plot. But yeah, um, that is a handsome package, though. In fact, I would encourage you, like during the Halloween season, um, turn that facing outward. Like as a <laughs> just like a piece of decoration because it's chilling to look at and it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I and I did not uh, do my seasonal shelf this year, where uh, a lot of the time around Halloween time, I'll take all my horror films out and reorganize them onto like one shelf or maybe one and a half, however it works out. Um, and I was just looking at my collection this year, and I was just like, it's just too much work. It's just gonna be too much work. So I didn't do it, which is kind of a pain because it's nice how when I would do that, you can just go in and just, you would know exactly where to look if you want to peruse. Um, but uh, yeah, this uh, would definitely be a highlight on the seasonal shelf to just face outward. And uh, yeah, maybe I, I do own the uh, the Ring You collection from Arrow, which is a beautiful collection, not Steelbook. Uh, so maybe I will, I, I did just watch the first one last year. But I'm considering uh, maybe going through them all and uh, capping it off with a, a Gore Verbinski classic. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you should uh, go through the whole series. Make sure you get, uh, was it Rings in there too? I will I not be revisiting sh- Rings. I will. <laughs> not. I heard some shit about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I will wasn't, not be revisiting that one. Wasn't that shelved for like two years or something? I think it was, yeah, yeah. Oof. It was, uh, wow. I mean, like the fact that I kind of, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about it. Blocked it um, out of your memory. <laughs> yeah, very forgettable. Um, I'll, re- I'll return to it one day. There's, It's inevitable, but uh, not anytime soon. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, you about tapped out, Brad? Yeah, I think that, that'll wrap it up. So Okay, well, you know, we, we finished on a couple of positive notes. So yeah, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad this Steelbook showdown wasn't entirely a, you know, a shit show. Just, <laughs> like, just, just uh, was it 1984, the uh, two minutes hate or whatever? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I was expecting. It was just like you <laughs> raging for two hours or something. <laughs> not quite that bad. Not quite that bad. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 we, we found our way. We had some fun with it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, before we uh, close out... Um, Brad, you want to let the folks at home know where uh, they can find you and all your uh, all your stuff online? Yeah, well, uh, we're Cinema Speak Podcast is the name, so you can search for Cinema Speak wherever you find uh, your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can follow us on social media on uh, Twitter at the Cinema Speak or on Instagram it's Cinema Speak Podcast. And then if you want to just find like a web page with all our episodes posted, it's cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. All right. Thanks for that, Brad. And um, if you want to find any more Catching Up on Cinema content, uh, you can look us up on our website at uh, catchinguponcinema.com. And if you want to hit us up on the social medias, uh, we have a couple of accounts. We have an Instagram, at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as a Twitter, at Catching Cinema. 
Uh, so like, share, subscribe, and uh, feel free to make any suggestions for future episodes and content. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening to our Tales from the Shelf. Um, this is a monthly episode, so if uh, you want to hear us ramble about our uh blu-ray and 4k and sometimes dvds because brad has a problem with dvds um, <laughs> once a month uh check in and uh yeah thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time